I'm Jenna Louise and this is my sixth podcast, a summary of my journey since it began. Looking back, I can't believe the whirlwind since I started to talk openly about myself, my addiction, my depression, my divorce and, and putting it together in a podcast for everyone to hear. Generally, I've had great feedback and little judgment, and mostly it was the therapy to me as well. In fact, it really was a great release. It felt good to stand up and say, look, the person you see is not who you might see superficially, but like many others, the smiles are a mask. It helped me release the unspoken shame I had and veil the reason I don't drink actually think uh, also I'm proud of myself um, for all I've achieved in my life. Um, I shouldn't still be here for a start. The statistics for surviving the degree of liver disease and then not drinking anymore are less than 10%. My consultant told me this last year. In fact, he didn't recognise me, but in a chance brief meeting, I wanted to tell him who I was and that I am still alive. I hope it hasn't made people think any less of me. It doesn't change who I am now um, or who I've ever been. Um, And I like to think uh, what you see is who I really am, like me or not. Finally, this is me. This is the true person. Apart from being therapeutic for myself, I also received a lot of messages from people I hadn't heard from in years. Um, They were grateful as it helped them because they too could relate to parts of my story. And this is what really made it all worthwhile. It was a major reason to share my story to start with. Um, I know it made other friends sad as they had lived through and beside me during the really hard times. But it did open up the unspoken memories and awkwardness around this time. And then of course my talks began of other people's stories. And well, I've had so much admiration for everyone I've included on my podcasts. Even though I thought I knew what they had been through. I listened in awe of their strength through events they had no control over, of components that they hadn't actually said out loud before. Then following the reaction of their family and friends who were so grateful to be able to understand and talk about events that had been pushed to one side over time, things they'd wanted to talk about but no one knew how to. I've had messages from family members thanking me for allowing their loved ones to open up and release finally what had been hidden away. That felt really good. And for me, as each one of them spoke, things started to make sense in my own mind as I could relate to parts of what they were saying and see a pattern of my own behaviour, of my feelings, etc. My editing and producing skills have been a long, ongoing struggle. I have literally sat for hours, days, Losing files, being shown yet again by my daughter and her boyfriend what to do, and then doing it all wrong anyway. It was meant to be natural and only amateur in production, and hey, I certainly achieved that. However, the content is the important thing, and I hope, I think, I did justice to the beautiful people whose stories I had the privilege to share. Bear with me, I may finally learn how to use all those extra bits of my podcasting kit still lying in a mass of leads. All the gear, no idea, but I have a voice. So now what? This is number six, and I was all excited to move on to a whole new series. 
friends of friends have contacted me, all them, to ask me to talk about some incredible experiences, events in their life that would honestly be so amazing to share. It would carry on my impossible theme and reach out to so many people and carrying on helping those who have told me that they realise they're not alone in what they're going through. However, I don't know where I'm at now um, because it's scary in itself talking to people that I don't really know. Um, but actually, through this journey, I started to feel a release of hidden shame and burden that I had carried. I began to feel a purpose in my life. Um, that reason of going into nursing years ago, perhaps to help people, to listen, to care, to fix, to make loved ones proud. I was a person in my own right again. At this point, I started to believe myself and for that reason, had in the back of my mind, I don't want to be on my mishmash of antidepressants, anti-anxiety, sleeping, calming medication anymore. So I didn't vocalise this, but whilst I was away, I realised I had either lost or forgotten to bring half of my drugs with me. And so knowing I, I couldn't let them run out um, and scared of any sort of reaction, I just halved the dose towards the end of the holiday, literally the last few days. I knew I had a regular appointment with my GP when I returned, so tentatively I waited to see what happened not too bad. I could cry again. My emotions were no longer suppressed. I recorded my fifth podcast with my lovely friend and found that a little difficult trying to hold back the emotions, but I was okay. I'd started Red January, a brilliant idea involving pledging to do an activity, exercise, just movement each day during what can be one of the worst months of the year. And at the same time, raising money and awareness to Mind UK very relatable to me and my podcast idea. That made me feel great and on a dedicated social media page let me see the incredible journeys others were going through. Strength and courage to the extreme, I can't tell you. I pledged to walk a considerable distance over the month and achieve that and more. And then slowly, when I ret after returning and with the supervision of my GP, I did stop all of my drugs. I lost half a stone, um, partly, mostly through the walking, even though I exercised, it was obviously something different on top, and felt good about myself. Still crying, but good. Then suddenly, I started to feel angry. I felt paranoid. I mean, you literally feel like everyone's talking about you, everyone's against you. Um, I could just, my feelings were shifting and I was struggling to, to cope with it, but I didn't want to admit it. I was struggling to hold on to this high I'd been on. I tried to ignore it. Nothing had happened at that stage, but for a few days I'd silently suppress these feelings. Then I became irritated by the smallest things and people and surroundings, completely out of character for me. 
Then in one week, outside things started to happen. The first, um, our cat, who we'd had nearly 17 years, had to be put down. I took her to the vets and was literally heartbroken, as were the children, to have to make that decision. She was actually great company and also as part of a life that, as my daughter put, was our last connection to everything we had before. It was another loss and living alone I realised how much company she had actually been. I I still feel devastated. Then next, in the same week, I had a very personal attack, a troll on my open um, Facebook page for my podcast from a stranger um, about my podcast and questioning who I thought I was posting this rubbish. I know I'm putting myself open to this, but it felt really personal and hit hard. He attacked my place to believe I could, was worthy of sharing my story and others. He made me feel foolish. Um, Who did I think I was anyway? What gives me a right to talk to others? I'm certainly not professionally trained, but I think I was just generally wanting to listen to encourage those to talk, to help themselves, their loved ones and others to relate to them. I wanted others to know that we really don't know what's going on in each other's lives. I wanted to spread this thing of being kind. One kind word to one person can change their whole day. It's important, I think, to be kind whenever possible. And it should always be possible. But this one person, whoever you are, managed to knock me sideways. And I I can't tell you how dreadful it made me feel. Then finally, in the same week, um, my ex-husband took his wife to visit my son who was training abroad. Wow, that hurts so much. All of it. I couldn't sleep. I had so much going on in my head. I created all sorts of scenes. She had stolen my life, my son. It spiralled into every emotion possible. When I had originally come out of hospital those years ago, my ex-husband had said to me he was struggling to remember why he was with me. And why wouldn't he? So I had put together photos of our 30 years um, all together and presented them to him. He said back then it helped him remember what great time we had and started to remind why he loved me. Three years later, when he left me, I made two albums of these photos and sent one to him. And, of course, this time he didn't even acknowledge that he had received this. Last week, I tortured myself looking through this album again in the middle of the night. I then found pictures of him getting married and screenshots of proof of his affair whilst we were still together, which I shouldn't really still have, generally torturing my mind. So, coming off the drugs... I'm reliving so much of my divorce.
as though it was temporarily put on hold. Maybe I did that anyway. And it's so painful, as many of you know. Probably time is a healer, but actually, how much time? I remember being told by someone that their friend was so happy with the new man of their dreams three years down the line from a horrendous divorce. Well, mine will be four years from that bombshell. And if I went out with another man right now, I would still be sharing that same day, the next horrendous two years of divorce with him. Actually, most men probably would have escaped before the end of my synopsis of the first month when he left me. Especially when they discovered someone had superglued together his important documents. The poor man had lost half his golf clubs, one pair of his shoes, his toiletries replaced and his shared flight account altered, upsetting his favourite seating on the plane on several occasions. I mean, what bad luck. After the trauma of leaving your wife after 30 years, still. All things that he would have been able to rectify, but satisfying at the time. However, you can see why I'm perhaps not ready to be in that dating situation yet. In fact, most men... Having heard that story in more detail and with even more confessions would have climbed out the loo window five minutes in, if not had me sectioned. I am now crying over something, whether it's him or what he promised and then took away, whether that she, they are living my life now, the one I was meant to. But when does this time thing properly kick in? Would the drugs help this if I was back on them? They numbed it and as far as emotion but they obviously never took it away. Of course, I am so grateful for so much and the important things, not the materialistic ones, and I'm still living and not doing a bad job. But I remember Sean saying, or as I now lovingly call her, Podcast 5, I'm living my best right, life right now. And oh my goodness, she is. And I genuinely am number one to say I'm proud of her and so pleased because bloody hell, she deserves that and more. I want to be able to say that too, though, and stop being such a miserable, bitter bitch. So back to whether with or without medication. Um, as you can tell, I'm definitely revisiting feelings that I thought I had set aside. Um, I still feel disgusted in myself for exposing too much in my podcast. And in that week, I cried and I hurt because I felt that. Um, and I didn't, I couldn't reach out for anyone. I carried on exercising, as I always do, which is normally the thing that helps get me through. Um, obviously... We're now into February and so the red January had stopped. I've been trying to carry it on. Um, but one day I went to do a class. Didn't really didn't feel like going but made myself go. And in the middle of the class I was really having, I suppose, an almighty panic attack. Um... But again, the last thing I wanted to do was walk out because I would be drawing attention to myself. And I think when you really feel 
so so low this is when you can't you can't reach out to people you stop being able to do that as such when you're right in that awful feeling of I, I well just spiraling out of control I don't know I don't know what it is it's just a black hole it's horrible and so I got through the class I felt like the walls were coming in on me um I carried on the motion and then somewhere in desperate folk at the end I scrambled got out walked home and came to bed my safe haven um so these events all happened in that one week um I guess the rawness of things going wrong suddenly had to be faced um I had no drugs to mask this um one of my coping techniques is to let myself cut the world off but always I plan to get up and get out the next day this time it became more like 48 hours um and I'd put myself into a mentally self-harming mindset um I couldn't cope I had no faith or belief in my podcast at all as I said um and I realized this is it this is my life I'd messed it up um it wasn't going the way I was meant to um so in all that self-pity I guess I just I wallowed um I didn't reach out to anyone and cancelled and lied about anything that was meant to do um finally I rang my GP um, but he was away and spoke to a receptionist who was very abrupt with me and as she was behaved like that so I lost confidence to say why I was ringing. Um, I do online counselling and so I could type my feelings down um, and actually I got a very quick response um, from my counsellor and some of that was to contact my GP. Um, which I'd obviously tried and she followed up several times so I guess felt well it did feel good that I'd reached out to someone um, I did call the Samaritans but I couldn't really relay what I wanted to say um, I eventually shared my feelings amongst the strangers of the Red January community um, on social media and got a very much needed empathetic empathetic response um and Paul was slowly pulling myself out of it all really um I talked to my children who are always a great leveler um and I needed that and finally I got up and I went back and made myself go and do another class um and this actually felt better um, but I still didn't feel properly ready to interact um, with anyone um, for another few days. Not on any great, um, great level anyway. I'm talking about all this in a very short amount of time. Um, but I had ignored the signs building up to it. Um, I want to share that whilst I um, intend to stay off the medication as I speak, 
if I don't or if things get bad again, it's okay. I haven't failed. I still have issues to deal with, so maybe it's taught me I need more help than I allowed myself to have. But for now, I'm through that blip mostly um, and I'm due to discuss my medication free or not um, future with my GP this week. Um, my point is, though, to share another experience for those coming off anti-anxiety, depression drugs, especially if, like me, you've been on them for a long time. Surround yourself with support and don't expect miracles. Um, you felt better for a reason on them and not saying you won't again without, but it obviously is a slow process. I'm better, but I'm knocked, vulnerable and bruised. So beware, be ready and be kind to yourself. So that's me today. Not the greatest of days, but nothing like the other week. And let's just see uh, what happens. Um, and then going back to my podcast and what to do next. Um, well, not knowing what perfect timing it was. Um, in fact, a daughter of a great friend actually contacted me and she had done in the past about um, having a chat with her podcast um, and she has been on an amazing journey and actually her, her asking whether I was free in a few weeks to do that um, has made me kind of put aside my self-pity um, and believe in this again um, and get back to doing it so I hope that is what's going to happen um, so onwards and upwards, sideways, whatever ways, with or without help. But I have to believe I will turn that corner one day and that I am doing the right thing in this. Um, and I want to make myself and my children proud. A handful of people um, said they had the tools to help me going forward. Uh, but once they read my story, either thought it was secretly rubbish or that I was incredibly talented and a huge threat understandable as I previously revealed Harris School 1977 English prize holder. I do also understand the busy lives we all lead and never quite getting round to listening reading something you have promised. I'm also guilty. Oops. Um, in fact I've only recently rejoined my book club because of audiobooks. I had a lot of walking to do in January and finally got through a whole book listening. A downside of this depression, or whatever you want to call it, that lack of total concentration. I did write this in my head when I was driving the other day uh, and then put onto paper. A cry of desperate help within. A cry that doesn't know where to begin. And yet it began a long time ago. So who or why? would need that burden, that woe, my own, my never-ending overflow. As always, I've chosen a song by my daughter uh, that she covered um, aged about 14 um, when she was at school. And I remember during that very low time, it gave me a strength and a pride um, 
and tells me that my children were the positive result of my marriage and the reason why I must stop thinking I failed. Nothing is impossible. The word it says says I'm possible. Skinny.